0: rambling around to try and find something to say this weekend. This week, because there's nothing to talk about, welcome to Humber Podcast. Welcome, boys and girls. Welcome to episode 316 of the internet's longest-running and best English-language Argentine football podcast, whatever Peter might say. Um, Handapod is back in the house, and we were hoping to review a really interesting uh, weekend involving the Copa Libertadores final. Uh, I mean, in a way, that's what's going to be happening, but we were hoping to talk about some actual football. Um, you will all know exactly what's happened Obviously by now So there's not very much point in telling you What I will do first of all um, For the sake of habit Is go over the Superliga results That have happened since we last recorded um, Most, not all But most of round 13 has now been played um, Boca beat Patronato You might remember a week and a half ago In the match that was brought forward That was played during the international break um, Gimnasia last Wednesday that one we mentioned Dan and I um, on the episode that we recorded last Friday lost at home 2-0 to San Martín de San Juan Um, and then on Friday these ones all have taken place since we recorded Belgrano 1 Atlético Tucumán 3 Argentinos 0 Tacheres de Córdoba 2 Rosario Central 2 Estudiantes 1 Um, two of these clubs have actually played again already Rosario Central beat San Martín de San Juan 1-0 um, in the postponed match from round seven um, just last night. So that's also happened now. Union nil, Bere 2, San Martine Tucuban nil, Colón nil, Aldo Civi 1, Newell's Old Boys nil, Racing nil, Banfield nil, and Defensi Justicia 2, Tigre 1. Those were the matches that took place. Oh, and Lanús won, Independiente nil. Um, Godoy Cruz, the captain, has decided to come and join us. Hello, Godoy Cruz. Um, versus River has been postponed obviously because of River's involvement in the or non-involvement in the Copa Libertadores final Um, the two clubs Boca and River were allowed to each postpone one match because of that final so Boca postponed their one from the first leg hence why they brought this one forward earlier on And River played their round what would it have been 11 or something like that match uh, a bit early as well Um, and now River have postponed the round 13 game and the other postponed match is San Lorenzo versus Huracan which was supposed to be played on Sunday evening but when the shit hit the fan on Saturday and River Boca had to be postponed and was put initially back to Sunday the security forces in the city of Buenos Aires um, had already decreed that there could only be one match taking place uh, on, on the day and that that match would have to be River Boca so San Lorenzo or Orocan got put back initially till Monday um, but there are too many people interested in going basically so they decided to just put it off until further notice Orocan did make a slightly optimistic plea uh, to have the points awarded to them because San Lorenzo refused to play um, but the Superliga have said no this is a special case so while normally Superliga regulations would state that uh, a match that can't be played has to be um, rearranged for within 48 hours of its original kickoff time in this case, that's not going to happen and it will now take place in the new year um, because all of the weekends are full up with league action until it gets too hot to play, basically. So San Lorenzo again, and Godoy Cruz River play. Uh, we don't know when those are going to be played. Um, that's one of the less important uh, effects that the postponement in the Libertadores has had. Where do we start with this? And also, I'm, sorry, I've just—I'm yes. joined this week. I've, I've forgot to introduce you guys. Sorry, I'm joined by Andres Bruckner Kjellson, <laughs> and uh, Handapod debutant Chris Martin. Chris, right. welcome. Right, um, Chris, tell us how you came to Buenos Aires first of all, and, and what you're doing here.
1: Um, I still don't know what I'm doing here, and I've been here since January. Um, <laughs> so I moved here after a bit of travelling in Australia, New Zealand, Vietnam, and Singapore. Um, I moved here with my girlfriend because she is from here and um, despite the many problems in Argentina, I absolutely love it here. The weather, the food, the people, um, and obviously the football, or as of as of Saturday, non-existent football in some cases. Um, but yes, I, I, I love it here, that's why, that's the short synopsis.
0: And you were put in touch with me shortly before you moved to uh, via Twitter by Tim Vickery, so Tim, if you're listening, because I know you do sometimes, uh, this is the episode you helped create, so thank you. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, it, it's taken Chris the best part of a year to actually get on the podcast that he initially contacted Tim to ask whether it existed or not, um, but eventually it's happened, so welcome, Chris. <laughs> Thanks. Um, now then, right, now now we should start. Where do we
2: start with this? Um, I, I was uh, just going to say that apart from the matches pending and cancelled or postponed, there should be more matches postponed if River wins, uh to the final of Copa Argentina, which mm. uh, the semifinals will be playing today or tonight against Gimnasia, because uh, the final I think it is at, uh, scheduled for the 6th of December, uh, and River uh, should play the 8th of December if Conmebol uh, Discipline Unit wants. Of course, yeah. The 8th of December. Uh, and and after that there is the club world cup in to where the the winner of the Copa is, if there is a, a winner should go there uh, to abu dhabi or emirates so it will be it will be a sh- a, a, another problem or another uh schedule problem for yeah. the matches
0: it yeah. might turn out to be quite a short journey because the only thing that we know about the second leg of the Copa Libertadores final at the moment, at the time of recording, um, is that CONMEBOL want it to be played. It will be played if the disciplinary tribunal um, rules against Boca Juniors, who are trying to uh, get the match awarded to them. Um, I don't think they're going for the walkover, rather are they? They just want River kicked out of the tournament, basically, so to get, get awarded the trophy by default. Um, it's only a semantic difference, obviously, but there we go Um, that seems unlikely for reasons that we will go into obviously over the course of the episode but if it does get played it's currently looking highly likely that it will be played in Quattah which would for a lot of people be the final nail in the coffin for the Copa Libertadores in what has already been for all sorts of reasons uh, a a a not particularly dignified year for the Libertadores, even by the Libertadores' standards. This is my first Libertadores uh,
1: to experience, and um, I don't like using the term shit show, um, but I've seen a lot of things in my year of my first kind of taste to Argentinian football in the Libertadores, and not just from Argentinian football, sorry, obviously there's teams from across South America in it, and the final was quite well the non-existent final match was quite the icing of the cake mm. of the shit show um I don't want to direct your show, but I think it' would be quite good to start at the incident itself uh, as in what happened, how we got there, and how we're here now
0: this this is a sort of why I said where should we start because it it's such a concatenation of. Things that shouldn't have happened, um, and there are so many questions to be asked. One of which has just come tonight, sort of today, with the Monumental being searched, and and uh, one of the rooms in in the in River Stadium containing a laptop, which was being used to print apparently being used to print off fake tickets um, for positions in the stadium, which had already been had already had real tickets sold for them. Um, last Friday. Dan and I I can't remember whether we mentioned this I can't remember whether we knew about it in fact when we were recording I don't think we did um, Dan and I therefore might probably not have mentioned um, that the leader the current leader of Rivers Barra Brava, Caverno Godoy uh, or the caveman or, well no the cave Caverno is no because Caverniquilla yes. would be caveman um, had his house um, searched and police found 300 tickets and 7 million Argentine pesos, which at the current exchange rate is about £150,000 in cash. Um, And as a result, Rivers Barra supposedly weren't allowed to the game. So, the suspicion arises, therefore, that what happened, the the stone being thrown through the window of Bocca's coach, could have had something to do with that decision. Rivers are and out into the game, just as um, Bokker's Badra back in 2015 with the pepper spray incident were trying to fuck things up for the, for Bocca's directors um, because of a, an argument that they were having. This time around, the the, the River Badra do something quite similar, although again for reasons that we will discuss to do with Commonwealth's decision whether or not to award the match to Bokka. Uh, it's not an exactly similar situation. I apologise for the cat making <laughs> her contribution. Where <laughs> is she? What's she meowing? just meowing. Um, anyway, um, so that's the first thing. Was there or was there not some battery influence? If so, where did it come from? Is it the battery trying to make a point to the police on what is already a fairly high profile and, well, a very high profile and a very high stressed. Um, week for the city of buenos Aires police force with the g20 coming to town which i suspect everybody has also already heard about and you've probably heard about it because of the links with what happened at the weekend with the football um the cat hopefully has stopped meowing now by the way um so is, is the batter trying to create problems for the police is the batter trying to create problems for rivers directors was it even the batter who threw the stones i mean probably given what we know about them but I don't think that's been um, proven beyond any doubt Um, why do the police then take Bokker's coach down the route that they took which is not the usual route um, and would have appeared to be I mean just a bizarre decision regardless of of whose responsibility the ultimate incident was um, that was a peculiar one to take and then, is it. I mean, the, the, the easiest question to answer, at least from the point of view of COMMEBOL's regulations, is, is one of the most pertinent ones to whether the walkover is going to be allowed or not, um, or whether the walkover is likely to be allowed, because of course this episode could go online, and I think the, the judgment is due out on Thursday, and we could very well have egg on our faces because COMMEBOL or, or the tribunal, the disciplinary tribunal, which is supposed to be independent from COMMEBOL, but we'll see, um, might very well surprise us. But the um, sort of memorandums of understanding that get signed before every Copa Libertadores match uh, outline the, uh, in Spanish, the aniso de seguridad, the ring of security um, around the stadium, within which it's the home team's responsibility what happens to anybody, including obviously the away team, and outside which it isn't. And this incident happened just outside. Um, Rivers' sort of predefined zone of responsibility, which is the main reason that the received wisdom seems to be that Boca aren't going to be awarded the walkover, along, of course, with the fact that from Condéball's point of view, they desperately want this game to be played because A, it's tremendously embarrassing for them if it's not, and B, there's a hell of a lot of money to be made now that suddenly they have the opportunity to sell a neutral venue called Bolivia Dodores final.
2: But Boca is saying that uh, apart from the Bottle or the or the uh, object that was thrown to the bus that uh, broke broke the the, the glass and uh, of course hurt Pablo Perez and other players. Uh, they say that apart from that there was an ambulance carrying Pablo Perez to, to the hospital and inside it they they there were more stones and and bottles thrown to, to it and and that's the video that the video that Boca pro- provide to the. Comerbol apparently shows that. Mm. Uh, so uh, then, in, in that case, commercial should prove or not whether that bottles or that stones injured or not Pablo Perez, and if that is relevant or not to 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 the to decide whether River uh, is responsible or not, and whether Boca has the reason and and and, and to award the Copa to them or the trophy. Um, it's very complex. It's very it's very uh, like tricky because uh, there are a lot of things and uh, uh, well, River also of course denied their responsibility and I, uh, uh, as far as I know, uh, what I think is that they didn't care much about and that's something that particularly uh, 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 I, I don't like that that they didn't uh, care about Pablo Perez and the injured Boca. Yeah. Players, which is, I think, uh, well, perhaps doesn't change anything. But for me, it was something that, in terms of solidarity, to be to be close to them would be would have been nice. But well, uh, this is something uh, perhaps not key for the case. I think that
1: uh, to your point, I, I completely agree with you. There's a number of factors in all of this. It's not just the bus incident. It's not just what happened in the stadium. Going back to what happened just pre the game, obviously we had the first leg uh, just over two weeks ago in La Bombonera, where besides a lot of rain, there wasn't too many issues to report, but there's got to be questions asked firstly to the government, the city of Buenos Aires, as to why this this wasn't there wasn't more security and i know that there was security i know that there was police yeah. on the street this but is... l- but like surely surely like this is th- this isn't just any normal super classico which is always a fiery affair anyway this is the final of the copa libertadores this is like this is the ultimate match this is the chance to showcase argentinian football to the world and it's also a week before the G20 summit. It's also this like a is chance
0: to, to showcase Buenos Aires to the world. Exactly, America.
1: exactly, and and it's just like it, a complete shambles as to wh- whether it was the, um, you know, those you know selection of of river funds. Uh, I always forget the name of the uh, of the. What's, it, what's the name, sorry?
2: Um, Ca- Godoy, the, the one who thrown The, the people who the throw, throw the stones. stones. Yeah, the so rubber rabbit. That's the one, yeah.
1: Sorry, I do apologise. My uh, terminology is probably going to be a bit crap in this Give podcast. Give a few episodes. <laughs> yeah. Episodes. <laughs> um, wh- whether, whether they were involved or not, you know, it's not confirmed, but it's widely rumoured. Um, the fact that there was no security in the first place is one thing. Then there's the fact of the fact that the, the the bus driver himself, I believe, fainted uh, after yeah, after the attack. Of, one of
0: Bokker's directors apparently had to grab the steering wheel yeah. and stop him from now, driving straight into a tree or something, which could have been a. a no, the bus driver so,
2: fainted, and the, yeah. there was yeah. the director who took the.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's what I've said. He had yeah. to grab the wheel to to yeah. prevent the bus from going out of control.
1: Now imagine if no one had grabbed the wheel, mm. so the bus had just stopped there, right? Mm. So all those players are exposed. Um, those windows are smashed. What happens then? You know, th- this is a, this is like a crucial point where, like, you know, and I don't mean to sound too extreme, but like, more stones could have got thrown, uh, and worst injuries could have happened. And I hate to say it, but like, you know, th- some of those players can, even though Pablo Perez had obviously. Whatever happened with his eye, and and the other players with their injuries, and the and the and the, the tear gas or whatever pepper spray, um, it could have been hell of a lot worse. Mm. It could have been so much worse. And um, it's I, I, it's just a, a complete shocker from whoever was organising, uh, you know, the bus going through. And I just want to make this final point as well. You know, the the whole. The, there wasn't loads and loads of build up from what I followed to the. In, in terms of like Europe, in terms of the UK, to the final of the Copa de Libertadores. There was some coverage, but it wasn't main story every day like it is here. Yeah. However, a lot of people who like football and know a, a thing or two about football, at least friends of mine, did know about this game. They did know the importance of this rivalry. They did know the. just the how crazy obviously it can get out here but I don't think anyone wanted this outcome and what we have is just embarrassment and shame and I don't know it's just huge disappointment and
2: and this shows apart from that the worst Argentinian side which is that after all this which could have been a tragedy tragedy, and it wasn't because of well, perhaps a lucky stroke of luck uh, is that and Mocha are looking for their own interest After that, after after all this, yeah. and yeah. that is uh, perhaps the, my uh, that's why I, th- I think that this is no there will there is no possible change or uh, the things will remain like they are because uh, after this you you will say well let's let's stop let's like we say here parar la pelota to hold to uh, lower a bit and 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 try to think a bit no it's no we can play in the monumental and boca no we don't to play we don't want to play and and the and the players and the injured players and and the and the all all the thing is like forgot because of this and we forgot also that there were four boca supporters dead in the previous the first leg like, uh, because they were traveling yes. from trelew from the south of argentina in middle of the rain uh, we forget about all to this. Get to
0: the match on Saturday, which was yes. the one that ended up being called off because of the rain. Yeah. Mm.
2: So this is the one, the, the thing that uh, puts me in a war, in a bad mood, and and, uh, and it's like like all other people and, and even supporters that went went to the theme on Saturday didn't want to go on, on Sunday. This the sensation or the feeling is that uh, oh, very very sad, it's a, a complete sadness and, yeah. And, and, yeah. and and not caring about the final anymore. I I watched it from
1: I guess the luxuries of my living room I obviously wasn't at La Mon- Monumental I worked just around the corner from La Mon- Monumental and I visited there on my birthday this year um, it's a lovely stadium um, and there were plenty of lovely river fans that I met so uh, unfortunately this this stain on um, I guess another black mark on kind of Argentinian football and supporters and everything yes but there are Plenty and hundreds of River fans and Boca fans who are lovely, who wanted to go and watch the game. There were children at the stadium, and they wanted to watch the game. And it got ruined by not just a select few, um, obviously quite a large number, but Hmm. it's what what was what was quite strange to see because, as I said, I've not experienced this before. Um, Even though I did see obviously a couple of the Dodoro's game on my birthday, the the What was strange to see on TV when it finally got announced in the stadium on Saturday that the game was not going to carry on, uh, it was not going to take place on Saturday, even though that was quite a late decision, um, was there was no images of people looking like, what? Why? Why not? It was just, it was complete and utter, like, here we go again. This keeps happening. This keeps happening. And nothing changes. And it, it's, it's just it's really disappointing. Really, really disappointing.
0: Yeah. Um, there's another angle as well. You mentioned uh, earlier, Chris, about the police um, force and, and the lack of attention paid. There, there is also a, a degree to which uh, the Policia Metropolitana, the city of Buenos Aires Metropolitan Police Force, um, have to do some looking in on themselves as well because there are has been an argument ongoing which I only heard about after all this happened because of course I was away for several weeks but a few weeks ago um, some of them uh, sort of took control of the um, police headquarters uh, in Buenos Aires they're, they're striking over pay they're striking over lack of um, access to the proper intelligence services because there are around 5,000 officers who have been redeployed to the Metropolitan Police Service from the Federal Police Service. Um, And so there's an argument there, and and, and, uh, you would call it a conspiracy if it weren't in the circumstances, and given the country that we're in, actually so believable, that possibly that had something to do with this as well, that that possibly that had something to do with why the police went, "Mm, let's move Bokker's coach down this street instead of the one we normally take it down and and allow something to happen to try and prove a point to President of Argentina Mauricio Macri, Mayor of Buenos Aires, Horacio Rodriguez Larreta. Um Martino Campo, the head of the City uh, Security Services, or rather he was the head of the City Security Services until, was it yesterday or the day before? I think it was Monday he resigned, wasn't it? Which, again, probably doesn't help Boca's appeal for the points and uh, statement that it's all River's fault when the head of the City Security Service uh, resigns. And of course, one of the first things that happened when he resigned was that loads of Boca fan accounts hit Twitter and say, this guy's a River fan, of course he's resigning. He wants them to play the match. Well, um, and, and that's the level of cons- you have River fans and, and River accounts saying oh this is a big conspiracy because Pablo Perez when he got off the coach seemed absolutely fine and then all of a sudden when he got to the dressing room there were photographs yes, of with red the, eyes and, the, stuff, and then he has to be taken to hospital the doctor
2: that that took uh, that uh, uh, was with Pablo Perez in the hospital is yeah. a River fan also and he said that his eye was in a bad condition mm. and he could have said yeah, no he's ok like all yeah, the exactly. doctors Um, and this is
0: the thing it's the same thing again it's okay the situation from Commonwealth's regulation point of view as as we've explained is different because in 2015 the incident happened inside the stadium very much inside Bocker's area of responsibility this one according to the papers that were signed was just outside Rivers' area of responsibility and that's why at least it's the legal reason why it appears unlikely that Bocker will be awarded the walkover but in terms of the moral situation and in terms of the social situation and, and the, the outcome on social media that we're seeing and, and talking to the fans of both clubs it's a very similar situation to 2015 you just reverse the names It's in 2015 it was Boca players coming out with all sorts of conspiracy theories about how River's players weren't really that badly hurt by the pepper spray they were all clowning around to get the match called off River were... Crying and, and refusing to play, and now the boots on the yes. other foot, and it, it's exactly the same words, exactly the same accusations being used, but you just reverse the words Bokeh and River and refer to them differently.
2: Um, anyway, River will, for sure, will be will be sanctioned. In fact, if the match is played in, in Qatar, uh, they they will have they will be sanctioned because there will be tickets that River will have to uh, or money that he will refund to the yeah. to the to the. <coughs> supporters, it's $6 million, I think, which is...
0: Yeah, River had taken, um, unsurprisingly, (laughs) uh, given that they've got the biggest stadium in the country and that this is, as as we said last week, the biggest game, uh, probably in in the history of of South American club football, but certainly in the history of Argentine club football, River had taken a new Argentine record gate receipts for this, and of course now they're going to have to give it all back or, or give as much of it back as they can and there in fact is going to be a legal challenge in one of the courts in the city of Buenos Aires as well from a bunch of some Some people sure suggested
2: to, for example, allow River play this match but then sanction them for future combo yeah. competitions not letting them play in their stadium like for example Boca uh, I think it was two or three matches after the 2015 Well after 2015, 2015
0: well actually what happened after 2015 was that Boca um were given a one year ban from from the next continental tournament that they qualified for they weren't supposed to play the next one and then the following year was comebol centenary and they had the amnesty mm-hmm. um, where they halved a lot of the punishments and boccas got taken down to uh yeah three matches behind closed doors i think it was three home games so they were allowed to enter the competition again it's quite the reduction if, yeah it is yeah <laughs> it, it was it was a huge reduction uh, there was a, some speculation at the time that comebol were were doing this amnesty in order to allow Boca back in I don't think they actually qualified for the for either of the competitions in 26 oh they did because they won the 2015 league didn't they yes. uh, so they yeah, so they qualified for the 2016 Libertadores and wouldn't have been allowed back in if that amnesty hadn't been uh, come into place um, but I mean I, I've, I've been trying to think what I think the appropriate punishment would be and given that the regulations don't seem to allow for Boca to be awarded the walk-over here and, and that you would think that the second leg probably has to be played. I think that the decision that's been taken to play it outside Argentina is very convenient for CONMEBOL. They have, were from next year onwards, it's going to be a neutral venue anyway. They're going to be selling it for a load of money. They're going to be selling it as one massive match and hopefully getting lots of television rights for it and everything. The fact that you've got Cuata, among other nations, and... and Genoa um, in, involved as potential hosts allows them to, to start a little bit of a bidding war as well um, and so from their point of view I think they, they're trying to make the, what is from their point of view the best of a bad situation um, I, think, I, 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 I think that a, a better solution but even then it would have been a complete pain in the ass to, to do would have been to play it in Argentina, and, and to have it as River's home leg, but behind closed doors, um, and not at the Monumental. And if, if if I were in charge of Conmebol, River, even though, again, according to the papers that have been signed, it was outside River's area of, of responsibility, they've got to be handed, a, at the very least, a, a long stadium ban. And if not, I would seriously be thinking about excluding River from from the next continental competition they qualify for. There were still because issues. Just, and, and in, I mean, it, it's not only River's fans who... It's not only River's Barra that, that come out with this kind of thing, but in this case, they're the ones that have caused the damage and it just might make other clubs think a little bit before.
1: But if we talk about post what happened on the bus, there were still plenty of issues inside the stadium yeah. themselves. I was watching and the president of River was being interviewed live on Fox Sports and a fight or a riot broke Mm. out amongst their own fans and um, there was also we haven't even touched upon this yet the video of the mother strapping flares to her four year old
0: she's the only person who's been arrested for all this Or, or rather apparently there were 29 people detained on Saturday night and by midday on Sunday they'd all gone free uh, for, for the incidents involving throwing stones and stuff, and then that woman was identified because of her watch, not even because of her face. That, that there were so many people posting on social right. media, they managed to find her.
1: The. Uh, oh, sorry.
0: It, it's on the one hand, yeah, I mean, what she did is obviously, obviously disgusting. Yes. On the other hand, really, you're going to give the priority to that over everything else that happens, yeah. security forces. Like, come on.
1: The, in terms of the actual game of football, whether it gets played, where it gets played. Unfortunately, and I and I really don't like saying this because it, it's such a shame, but the kind of damage is already done. I think a lot of people mm. have lost complete interest in this game, yeah. whether that's around the world or whether that's here. If you look at... So I read before the game at La Mobanera, there were think over 2,000 journalist applications for 250 spots I believe in La Bombonera. Yeah I, uh, I heard
0: a little bit sort of I, I had an email from um, obviously a lot of listeners will be aware that there were three journalists from, from Britain who came down specially for the game. Miguel Delaney, Jonathan Wilson, um, Rory Smith and Rory was emailing me a couple of weeks before the game to ask for a couple of recommendations and he said I'm not sure how much I believe that figure because right. for the World Cup final, there were like 1,500 applications, right? Or like okay. So some of that might be inflated. On the other hand, some of it could be the, the vast number of um, Radios Partidarios, uh, sort of like club fan radio stations and stuff, who are allowed to pl- apply for uh, tickets for this game. What I will say is that uh, Hand of Pod did not qualify. Because <laughs> no. And Chris did ask, and, and uh, we looked into it, and then he messaged me again afterwards and said, yeah, no, we, we don't meet the requirements. So.
1: Either way, the journalist that did show up, and I know that I've never spoken to Rory Smith in my life, but I did hear him on the Totally Football Show earlier this week talking about the game, and the amount of journalists that did come from another country, whether they came from the States whether they came from the UK um, it, it doesn't matter the amount of journalists that did come to report on this huge game and didn't see a game again it's like a bad taste in their mouths Mm. they've gone all this way for work when they could have been covering any kind of football story in the world and they came over to watch this game although
0: as I I saw Rory saying on on Twitter to a couple of other people afterwards he did actually end up covering the biggest story in world football this weekend well this yeah lot. there is uh, that I suppose from the, the journalism point of view it, it wasn't necessarily it's, that bad, it's, it's hell of a story there are a lot of people who've covered Argentine football or loved Argentine football from afar it, Yeah, it was this that, was the dream and, and it's been spoiled
2: it was said that Vladimir Putin wanted to come to the stadium yeah. and Infantino was the, well Yeah, Infantino
0: was apparently pressuring them to play
2: was involved in the polemic uh, while well, it was uh, the, the most funny the most funniest thing if there was a funny thing of the, of the of the match that wasn't uh, that, didn't, that wasn't played but to say uh, you have to play the, the game or kick off the game because if not you are uh, we can ban you for 5 to 10 years yeah there was what?
0: a point where there was something going around that he'd supposedly threatened Angelisi if, if Boca don't play this match today mm-hmm. then we're going dis- to deaffiliate you from FIFA which I, I struggle to believe that he actually said that um, but it, it's a measure of the the size of the story and, and of the ridiculousness of everything that was being said. And again, going back to what I mentioned earlier about the conspiracy theories and about neither club being able to admit that they're in the wrong and everything. Um, and the, the and I, to, I think that this is
2: one of the la- latest things to say uh, because, of course, we have to move on. I think you want to also to talk about Superliga, but uh, Pablo Perez, when Chope, Avila and... Um, Tevez were uh, informed by CONMEBOL because apparently they insulted uh, an official of CONMEBOL when yeah. the doctor went to see how Pablo Perez was. Uh, and also, Pablo Perez could, could not, perhaps uh, could be suspended and not uh, be able to play that the match if the match is played. So the eye, the eye condition is not uh, important anymore. Well, uh,
0: I have to say that those reports came out was it yesterday or earlier today? I think it was earlier today, wasn't it, that that these um, that the doctors had, had reported them to Commonwealth? You have to hope that Commonwealth are going to have more common sense than to say, first of all, not only does the second leg have to be played, but also we're going to suspend three of your most important players for quite understandably losing their temper at, at somebody under highly stressful circumstances. Because... I mean, that would just be the icing on the cake of, of what's already been a year of terrible disciplinary mismanagement from Cognaval in this competition. But, um, but for a lot of those
1: players that were due to play on Saturday and then Sunday, this was one of the, if not the biggest game of their lives. Yeah. This, it was 2-2 from the first leg. Um, everything to play for. No one really having the advantage, apart from River having home advantage. And this was the biggest game for a lot of these players lives and a chance also to kind of show their skills off to any club watching from Europe or whoever's like any scout watching this game who has five minutes or five minutes who has 90 minutes to turn on and and watch this game and, and they were robbed of that chance and... The insistence, obviously, to play the game on the day. What was it? Until it, it, a decision didn't get reached to postpone the game and to, to completely suspend the game until about what was it, eight o'clock, yeah, seven eight eight o'clock. several
0: hours after kick off. Yeah, it
1: was. It was. I, I, I. think I tweeted at the time that it was. It was quite amusing to see how, um, how, kind of, it was confirmed that the game should be off when it rained at monera on the Saturday, um, compared to players actually being injured by fans, you yeah. know, in the eye. Quite I, extraordinary. I
0: wonder, going back to 2015, though, and, and, and again, although legally they're, they're not the same situation, there are certain parallels. And I did wonder whether it was, to an extent, a little bit of... Uh, in 2015, there was a lot of talk about how there was a long delay in the decision to call the second half off. And it turned out that that was in order to allow a whole load of extra police to congregate outside the stadium before they actually announced it officially in case there was sort of major riots and things afterwards, so they had the forces already in situ. Um, And that's why they sort of continued to pretend to go, oh, well, we don't know yet whether we're going to call it off or whether maybe the players will be okay. And then after about two hours or an hour and a half or something, they said, "Uh, yeah, you know what, actually it's called off. And it was sort of just... Conveniently, just as the police sort of said, yeah, okay, we're ready now, we're in position. Yeah, in this
2: case, there were people sitting in the stands for six hours because mm-hmm. the the stadium was opened at, at 1 p.m. and the match was called off at 7 So it was, yes, even a mess for that. Indeed. Um,
0: we're going to take a half-time break now. It is, I mentioned last week how huh, we're going to try to be a little bit prompter um, and... Uh, not record Hand of Pop for quite so long, but obviously this week, yeah, hopefully we can be forgiven for things getting away from us. We will be talking more about the um, the weekend um, fuss around the Libertadores final because, of course, we've had plenty of questions about it. So we'll come to those a little in a little while. But right now, I'm going to play some music, and when we come back, we're going to discuss, probably quite briefly, but you know, we should mention that there has actually been some football played this weekend, <laughs> and that's what we like talking about on Hand of Pop. So we're going to discuss the Superliga whether you want to hear it or not so don't go away Football in the
2: Superliga over the weekend. I am from t- uh, Natalie, Couldn't keep very much track of the matches played in Superliga. You, you know why? Uh, so uh, I, I am. I am aware of the of the how the teams played. I, I of course know that Atletico de Cuman is two points only behind um, Racing. Indeed. Yeah. Uh, and
0: that was where I wanted to start because th- there was one one of the highlights, really, of the Superliga weekend was Atletico Tucumán's third goal from Luis Rodriguez, which was an absolute blooter. Um Really nice sort of chip come blasted shot, if that makes any sense, because they're really diametrically opposed things, um, into the top corner from way out. And it was on Friday evening, it was, it was before the event of Saturday, uh, before all of that trauma, and it sort of felt like one last blast of innocence A bit of lightning, before, bit of and, lightning
1: before the storm
0: ex- Exactly, Yeah. while all of the stuff was going down on Saturday and then later on Sunday when it, when it got called off I, I saw one person uh, at least one person on Twitter sort of saying uh, since it really doesn't make very much sense to play the second leg and since we can't really award the trophy to either of these teams could we not just give it to Atletico Tucuman instead? <laughs> um, just for that
1: goal yeah, well,
0: uh, but, but also for, for their own campaigns, you know, continentally, in, in the last two or three years they've played in, in South American club competition for the first time ever, and, and they've done really, really well. Um, and now they're, they're second in the league, as Chris says, two points behind Racing. Um, Defensa y Justicia are also up there, we'll get onto them in a minute, and, and could go second um, if they win their game in hand. The
2: one who lost a big opportunity is Independiente, or lost mm. to Lanús. Uh, it's a new it's something new because the uh, uh, news some time ago was a complete crap uh, losing to River 5-0 or well, 5-1
0: They still, yeah 5-1 I think it was they, they still are complete crap it has to be said but of course they've replaced their manager fairly recently um, yes. Luis Suveldia has come back now the former former Lanus manager the guy who took charge of Lanus when he was 27 and then um, went to Rassing. Um didn't do so well and then he was in Mexico, wasn't he? Yes. And he's now come back to Lanús and picks them up almost immediately because he took over in the. Oh no, well, okay, not quite immediately. He took over in the fifth round. So he had to weather a few poor results. But bearing in mind that Lanús drew their first two games and then they lost the next five, since then they've lost one of the subsequent. One, uh, one, two, three, four, five, six. Of the subsequent six. Um, This was only the second win but it's against a very good team, in an Independiente, and, although it was only 1-0, um, they played them off the pitch. It, it, they were helped by a very poor performance from Independiente. Peter, on, on his Independiente in English account, was, was not a very happy man. Um, last night, uh, last night, sorry, two nights ago, it was on Monday. Um, but it was a fully deserved victory. Um, Gaston Lodico, uh, sealed it, with 10 minutes to go. Um, And it leaves those. it means that they have jumped to 24th
2: in the table. So the the pass or the assist to Lodico was from Pedro de la Vega, who apparently, uh, I I heard D'Onofrio saying some time ago that he was quite ashamed or or guilty, or he felt like that because uh, apparently Pedro de la Vega was uh, 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 um, scouted by River, or he played for River in the... Manual divisions, mm. and then he left, and now he's proving his, of course, a big promise, still uh, has a long road to go, uh, even after uh, some, uh, I don't know what, what happened with him, but uh, that uh, something happened, why? Uh, because um, Zubeldia uh, sent, sent him to the bench, uh, he, he jumped to the, into the match, not playing from the starting, yeah. uh, from the first minute. Uh, but he's showing interesting things and he's called to be one of the great appearances in the Argentine football The, the Guardian, the, the English newspaper called, for example I don't know if him, but uh, Tiago Almada, the best kid like another yeah. promise but I think De La Vega is, should be unless there is a European giant that uh, takes him from Lanús uh, to be a great uh, a great uh, play in the future.
0: Yeah, he was the player some of you might remember several weeks back before I went away um, uh, that there was a, a player who came off the bench or possibly started Lanus, and, and got applauded back into school the next day because he's only 17 years old. That's Pedro de um, So it, it's the the beginning of what at the moment not that we want to put too much pressure on him looks as Andres says like a very promising career. And just possibly the first signs of sort of green shoots of recovery for Lanús they've, they've beaten Independiente who if they, if Independiente had won that match um, then they would now be fourth as it is their fifth even with that defeat um, and, and have uh, one of the best attacks in the league
2: now they will um, play no Boca
0: Independiente are a good side and, and Lanús have, have managed to shut them and now
2: they will play Boca Independiente I mean
0: Independiente's next match is against let me just let the page load. Lanús, um, who I was going to talk about anyway, uh, are away to Estudiantes, and then they've got Tacheres and Godoy Cruz, but Godoy Cruz away, so that is a very tricky um, fixture. But they, they could, the form that Estudiantes are in, they could possibly pick up a third win. Who knows this weekend? Um, Independiente have a home match against Boca this weekend, yeah, and then ooh, also away to Godoy Cruz before hosting Tacheres. Um, and then visiting San Lorenzo. So they have a couple of Clásicos in very short um, order, just a few weeks ahead of... Well, actually, no, it's more than a few weeks ahead, isn't it? Because by the time we get to the 20th round, we're into the new year, so we've got the summer break together I
2: honestly well. thought uh, that there will be a, an Avellaneda run for the title, but now I think it's... Uh, I, I would like, I don't know if Copa but Atletico uh, Tucumán to have a, a possibility at least to fight for the title at, until the last, the last rounds. Have they yeah. been in
0: title fights before, Atletico like man? No. no. Uh, they've done quite well in recent seasons. And I'm trying to remember... Actually, I'm not trying to remember. I'm just going to look up where they finished in 2016-17 um, because they qualified for... They they qualified for the Sudamericana in... What are we in now? 2018. So I think it must have been 2016 Sudamericana and they've been in the last two Libertadores. Um, that sounds about right. So in 2016-17, they finished... In, oh no, twenty first. So I'm completely misremembering this. <laughs> uh, oh no, they qualified via the Copa Argentina, didn't they? Right. By, Could, by losing to River in the final.
1: Going going back to Lanus, um Obviously, a, a season or two ago, they were quite strong. From what, from as I said at the start of the podcast, and I can't say I'm as clued up as both of you in terms of. Well, twelve league. months ago they were in the Coppa. Twelve ago, final. okay. Are they given the position that they in? Yes, their form has improved. Slightly. Are they at any risk with the system that is in the Argentina league with the relegation and everything? Is there any risk of them being relegated or no. not? No. Not Because still. of previous seasons. Yes.
0: Yeah, I'll, I'll bring up the relegation table now. But Lanús are not a million miles away. They're in 18th and out of 26 with the bottom four going down. Um, they were champions, but the bottom. Jesus. Yeah, but but the bottom four or five are, as we've mentioned several times terrible I mean, right. they're essentially in drift Tigre cuts a drift already if they're they can't yeah. do things San Martín de Tucumán if they start to win could leap up the table because they're only dividing their points by this current season but at the moment they're second bottom and they're only managing a point per game and Patronato Belgrano just look all at sea with San Martín de San Juan the defeat to Rosario Central last night um, means that the only thing keeping San Martín de San Juan away from also being red on this table um, for being dead level with Belgrano is the fact that they have played one game fewer um, because they had a game postponed I can't remember who against but it, they had two games postponed didn't they um, oh it might have been against River because there was a game that got rained off or something wasn't it um, uh, who, who are you talking about San Martín de San Juan uh, no River plays San Martín de San Juan in that case it wasn't against River it was against where is it uh, Boca right. the other side of the coin at home to Boca so they have to play them still and, and that will be the, uh, the match-up uh, the, 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 ma- the game in hand um, sorted out but basically I think anybody really who's much clear of uh, where are the points totals Gimnasia could be dragged down into it but they're probably picking up just about too many points to to, to be so um, Argentinos could be because they've played fewer games but they l- Argentinos lost six match-
2: matches in a row which is, of course, dangerous. Yeah, uh, if,
0: if Lanús had not uh, steadied the ship a little bit now with Subaldía and it continued to lose, then yeah, they'd be they'd very be much distracted. in danger. As it okay. is, I think they'll probably be all right as yep. long as they can continue to pick up the occasional win now. The
2: problem is, uh, like we, I think we said this, or we mentioned this uh, some episodes ago, is that they, of course, lost or had to change their squad as, uh, after the runor, being runners-up of the Coppelia they lost most of the players, and now they have re- to rely on kids, which is something that happened to uh, uh, a lot of teams that are have, have don't have the potential or at least the uh, economical potential. They have perhaps good players, and then they leave, and they have the kids uh, pushing, which happens now uh, with with de la vega with i think belmonte is another one yeah then it's Marcelino moreno a striker decent striker that is not a kid but he's like uh, the one that tries to uh, some do something different but uh, that that's the problem apparently jose sand will mm. could come back to the news which will be interesting even when he's 38 years old uh, as he had power of goal there
0: yeah Uh, Other eye-catching results. Uh, Vélez-Sarsfield's 2-0 away win over Union. You might remember Union started the season really, really well. They've fallen away a little bit now. But even with that win, that only lifts Vélez up to... Where are they now? Oh, they're up to 7th, in fact. They leapfrogged Union with that win. um, Which shows what an effect Gabriel Haynes has had. Because the squad hasn't changed that significantly. But it also shows, by the way how right I was when I said towards the end of last season that if he if he can spend the Argentine winter, European summer sorting out the defence um, then the way that he's got Vélez playing could see them you know vastly the, improved. They were absolutely terrible last season and the season before and with not very far off the same squad and having lost Mauro Sarate to Boca um, they're doing far better now and playing yes. some really good football.
2: Against Lorenzo they were uh, even Almirón, when he made his debut for San Lorenzo in the bench said Veez was completely dominating the match uh, and that's something strange for a coach the one who lost the match to say or to uh, to admit that the other team was very very, very uh, or quite superior and uh, now I, I don't remember who they won against but uh, heinse was also happy because of the way they played not mm. also. Not only because of the victory, yeah. but also because another team that has kids, but that are uh, now, after a time that playing together, uh, they are showing interesting things. With, uh, uh, well, I think it was uh, Robert Tone, the one, one of the scorers, then Dominguez, they, are, they have interesting kids. If they have the time to, to, to develop their, their potential, Yeah, Robert Mm -hmm. Dono's
0: was a really nice free kick as well and I'm just looking at the matches they've played and the matches they have to play Uh, all six of their wins have come with clean sheets which again underlines what I was saying about the main problem last season especially the second half of last season after Hainsey took charge was the defence they've tightened that right up and are still playing some decent football but they've won 2-0, 1-0, 2-0, 1-0, 1-0, 2-0 and the draw against San Lorenzo, obviously as well, was also goalless. Um, it's it's a far cry from last year when they were shipping goals. They have had a few ga- games where they have conceded. They lost to Racing two 0 they lost to Boca three nil, they lost to San Martin de San Juan three one, um, and they lost to Defensa. It was three two. But all of those teams, with the possible exception of San Martin, um, Racing, Boca, and Defensa, of D.C. are all teams who you know play decent attacking football, have, have very good attackers, um, and San Martin de San Juan. Just a weird team who have the capability of, of winning at home at times. Um, the, the other, they
2: defeated Gimnasia.
0: Yes. The the other uh, really big result was Racing against Banfield. Obviously, the league leaders, Racing held nil nil in a classic Julio Cesar Falcione away performance from Banfield. That's about all we can say. Rocky. Racing yeah. yes. were, were really frustrated at the result, and that's fine, Yes, basically. Um That obviously is what allowed, as Chris said earlier, um, Atletico Tucumán to cut Racing's lead. So just to reiterate, after 13 matches, um, Racing are top on 30 points. Atletico Tucumán have 28. Defensa Justicia have a game in hand and are still the only team unbeaten in the Superliga with 26. So if they win the game in hand, they would go second. They'd leapfrog Atletico Tucumán by a point. Huracán have two games in hand because of the postponement of the San Lorenzo Classico, and have 23 points, so a little bit further away. And if they win, then they would only, if they want both of them... Oh, hang on, no, if they want both of them, they could also go second, couldn't they? They could go to 29. Independiente fifth on 22, that completes the Libertadores... Pla- oh, sorry, down to fourth is the Libertadores places. Um, and then you've got Boca, obviously, with a game in hand on 21. Vélez with 21. Godoy Cruz with a game in hand on 19. Union with a game in hand on 19. Aldo Cili with 19 points from 13 games. Tasheres with 18 points from 13 games. And that, if I remember correctly, is. Oh no, it's only down to 9th for the Sudamericana now. So that's well past. Uh, <laughs> Union are the bottom club for the Sudamericana spots as it currently stands. Um, let's move on to some listeners' questions, shall we? Yeah? We I forgot to it. sign into Twitter. So forgive the frantic. Uh, I, th- I so think there the are quite a the keyboard, number of questions Yes, for some reason when We've had a high moment. volume of listener interaction this week I can't think why
2: <laughs> <laughs> Well, there was a, t- a lot of time uh, seen, uh, without Hannah Pod uh, until last Friday And you, I think you announced the show uh, four or five hours before Yes So, there was plenty of time for that. My inbox
1: did light up for the first time in a long time. I will
2: say
0: that. Uh, We have got 84 notifications. So, this might take a little while to get through, although some of those are going to be predictions as well. But there are a lot of
2: answers to that question, I think. the questions. Yes, hopefully
0: some of these questions have already been answered because we don't want to take too long over this. I probably
1: don't have many answers in terms of the league. Um, I do follow it as closely as I can, just to obviously fill some time while you're searching through them. Um, I also try to keep an eye on Atlanta's results.
2: Well, there was a problem with Atlanta the other day. Oh, yeah? Uh, What was the problem?
0: Oh, yeah, sorry. Tell us about this, Andres, because this was a a separate... Well, I
2: don't know whether it was... Well, no, no away supporters allowed there, I think. But there were some, of course, uh, journalists that are from uh, radios that cover Atlanta, Atlanta, and directors and that. And I think they celebrated the goal, and that didn't like, that wasn't good for the All Boys supporters. Mm-hmm. It was on the All sub- Boys stadium, and there was uh, riots and well, of course, uh, injured and, and and stopped or well. Uh, uh all boys Barras uh, and the the stadium was was banned also.
0: Atlanta All Boys is a
2: classical, right? I think yes, not, they're, they're the not, classic, not a million miles apart. Not that classical but they they are like uh, but, like I, uh if, in a sense but
0: if I remember rightly the the La Concha de tu madre All Boys that wasn't ah, yes, was yes, it. Yeah. Yes. Um, which is a uh, so very very long term listeners will be aware that. that's Hunter Pod's favorite. That's so similar like like to the example.
2: river su- suspension that could happen, mm. all boys stadium was also, was also banned and uh, apparently wasn't. Uh, uh, they didn't have the luck to pay him a fine and uh, have the stadium available again uh, because river in this. That's another thing we we forgot to say. The the stadium the monumental was banned on Saturday night and on Sunday uh, morning it was available again yeah. because they paid a, a fine.
0: Yeah, um, all boys will actually have to um, yes. just suck it though, because they don't have Rivers' influence, essentially. <laughs> uh, by the way, the Copa Sudamericana semi-finals have now kicked off and Atletico Paranaense have just taken a very early 1-0 lead away to Fluminense to make it 3-0 on aggregate. There are obviously no Argentine clubs involved in that, so I'm not going to be coming back after the final music to let you know the full-time score of that but i will be telling you the full-time score of river against gimnasia in the copa argentina semi um questions leo russomano wrote to us yesterday um for some reason initially in spanish and then he switched to english uh, but his question is can i suggest an episode of hand of pod exclusively about the barra Bravas, um the problem of corruption between uh, the directors and the barras um, and any solutions that have been proposed for when the Barras stick their hands in and, and try to make everybody suffer, basically. He also adds, what I don't understand is how, from a principal perspective, you can punish fans when it's the Barras who are being violent. Isn't there some other form of punishment that would have less of an impact on honest fans? Or, from a completely different perspective, punish all Argentine teams because they all have this problem by banning them for the Libertadores for several years. Maybe that will force them to gain some insight as to how to resolve this. Obviously, I assume uh, that Leo is aware that something not dissimilar happened in the 1980s with English clubs in the European continental
1: competitions. Liverpool were banned for a while, weren't they?
0: At yeah, well, we all were. Um, oh,
1: I didn't realise we were. Uh, that.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, English clubs weren't allowed to participate between, if I remember rightly, it's eighty-five and nineteen ninety-one or something like that. Um, even though I don't like to translate "barra brava" as hooligan, and, and they're not exactly analogous, um, this obviously is is not entirely a dissimilar situation. Um, I don't think we're ever going to do an episode solely about the Barras just because it is such an involved subject and it's such a depressing subject to talk about for any length of time. Um, But obviously we have talked about them in individual episodes a fair bit.
2: Uh, Just to bear in mind that uh, the only or the most uh, uh, closing time of of a president trying to fight Barras is, for example, Javier Cantero, the independiente former president. And he was not good, no. or he was alone because a lot of other presidents and directors uh, were with a lot of fear. Well, they were not uh, uh, in, in a position to to eliminate Barras or to uh, uh, get them away from the clubs. And, and so country was alone and he went to a meeting and, and he tried to be brave, and Barras threw him chairs and a lot of things, and he had to run. Yeah. Uh, so it's. Quite difficult, but yes. Yeah, I think it's will be good to talk about it but a whole episode uh yeah, will be sad and depressing. Of and course. gives
1: them a little bit of too much notoriety.
2: Absolutely. Yes. And they could come here and, and, and well, we don't know well, what I'm less bothered about that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: They're not going to be this 600 pod. but uh, no, It it might happen one day, but it's not something that I'm um, breaking down people's doors to get them to come and record, unfortunately. Uh, Stephen Hooley, talking about last week's episode, said, I was going to listen over the weekend at home, but I delayed it until today and listened in the car. I felt it was only right to move the date and the location. (laughs) Very good, Stephen. Simon Edwards, who covers Colombian football, says, who is the best player in Argentina right now, and why is it Wilmar Barrios? Can
1: I take this one from... All the Bocca games, being the slight Bocca fan that I am since I've arrived here, apologies Andres and apologies Sam, um, the games that I've seen, yes, there's been strong performances from individuals, uh, Benedetto being probably, uh, especially in the later rounds of the Copa Libertadores, Barrios has been the one consistent factor to Bocca's great performances. He is very much the N'Golo Kante of uh, Bocca Juniors. Uh, he is everywhere on the pitch. He is f- he, and, and continues to run right up until the final whistle. Yeah. When you see a lot of players struggling at, say, kind of 75, 80 minutes, Barrios is still running. He's still, uh, you know, getting the ball, winning the ball back for the team, and, you know, creating something of nothing. I would be very surprised if there are not European clubs interested in that player um, very soon.
2: No, definitely. But Um, Wilmar Barrios, I think that he, of course, uh, had been a a player, or perhaps the best player, uh, and it's not easy to be the number five or the centre midfielder of Boca, like River, for example, but I think now mm, his performances have been a bit uh, down, but uh, I agree with Benedetto that he has been Tremendously, tremendously effective in a short period of time. I, uh, with the few few minutes that he played, he scored goal four goals in in I know less than two matches in terms of the minutes. And the second goal from Palmeiras uh, to Palmeiras in the first leg of the semifinals was yeah yes it was mm-hmm. like uh,
1: one of the best goals I've yes. seen this year. Yes, absolutely.
0: I think right now, though, it's probably Lisandro Lopez. Mm -hmm. Um, But I mean, obviously, yeah, if if you're putting together an ideal team, an ideal 11 in the Superliga, uh, you'd have to have with Juan Barrios in in there because he he is superb. Uh, Simon also asks, how do you think Almiron will do with San Lorenzo? In Colombia, there was a sense that his responsive tactics were well suited to overachieving with an underdog. Simon doesn't point this out, but obviously, as he did at Lanús here when they won the title in 2016 wasn't it the 2016 um, transition, but that tactically his Atlético Nacional side didn't know how to control games. Obviously Atlético Nacional or anything but an underdog. Um, do you agree with that assessment about him as a coach? Maybe, <laughs> but I mean, we, we don't have a particularly wide yes. sort of sample set to pick from. That's the problem. It, it clearly didn't work with Atlético yes. Nacional. I thought he was tremendously unfortunate to end up there that's no insult to Colombian football but I mean given that he ended up there because he wasn't allowed to take charge of La Palmas because he hadn't been in charge of a a first division side for long enough for the Spanish authorities to to be okay with it Um, and, and for whatever reason it didn't work out but it also wasn't sort of where he'd been planning to be but we didn't see any of his time at Atlético Nacional
2: because Colombian football doesn't get tested. So. We know that he took uh, sim, uh, uh, some players from Lanús like mm. Braggi and Monetti, the goalkeeper. Uh, but uh, we have to give him, he, give him some credit because becoming champions with Lanús is like, for example, similar. I could compare him compare that to Zielinski becoming champion with Atlético command. Yeah, as they are not big teams. And Lanús uh, uh, awarded with, with him the se- his, their second uh, title of first division. And, and playing the, in
0: some style as well. It yes. wasn't just sort of grinding out results. Um, Apart from that... But I think that the style that he played with Lanús could suit San Lorenzo's squad. San Lorenzo have got a, few, a bit of dead wood and a few too many old players. But they've also got the summer break just ahead. Um, and so it'll be interesting to see how much movement there is from them obviously they, they're only allowed to bring in a certain number of players I can't remember how many He
2: will is. have hard, hard work there hard work to, to have a squad with perhaps new players as, as for example Viaggio have yeah. promoted a lot of youngsters but uh, uh, it's hard to satisfy San Lorenzo supporters and and, 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 and the team itself with all kids like Belles, for example, Vélez have achieved. Yeah. Now, now they might they, they might lose, might lose four nil, and I, the, what I'm saying <laughs> ha, will have no sense. <laughs> but uh, Vélez have achieved uh, like uh, some something which is very difficult, which is to play with kids and to have an idea and, and, and yeah. to sustain that, to, to keep that. San Lorenzo with Almirón with San Lorenzo will have a hard work there to, to have a, a squad uh, or a, the the squad he wants because. In Lanus he had Almirón Romandi. Romandi, I think, Almirón, the, the Paraguay, the Paraguayan. Yeah. He's the same surname, but from Paraguay. Uh, I think they they have a lot. Marcone also, well, a, a lot of players that were at their best moments, and now it's on. So I think if he gets that, well, we we can expect also to become. Champions are clear to be uh, close to be champions.
0: Yeah, not not this season because they're probably yes. already too far behind. But yeah, possibly next season and a recovery in the second half. It's going to be one of the more interesting things to watch um, during the second half of the league season. Um, although we're going to have an interesting second half of the league season anyway because the title race is a lot tighter this season than it was for the last couple. Uh, Brian Bertie, who covers Peru, says out of the two Peruvian centre backs, Araujo and Abraham, who has impressed you more? I'm going to hand this one over to the other two guys because I have been on holiday and I've missed a bunch of matches. So, gentlemen?
1: I'm going to hand this over to Andres <laughs> uh, because I'm not sure I'm going about. to hand this
2: over to a Peruvian... Yeah, I, I don't. I really couldn't watch them a lot because uh, I couldn't keep track lately of the Super League. As I said, I, I am aware of the normal or the general uh, performance of the teams or some players, but particularly aware of the, uh, Abraham and, and the other Peruvian guy, I, I. Sorry, but I can't. I couldn't keep track of them.
0: What I would say is that obviously Luisa Bram has been, uh, I don't know whether ever present, but he's been a pretty important cog in the Velez Sarsfield defence, which I was earlier praising for having improved, uh, you know, say, has improved Velez's <laughs> defence so spectacularly and they've kept a whole bunch of clean sheets. So I think by default, I'm going to have to go to them. Having just said I was going to pass judgment, uh, pass on making judgment, I am not going to, in fact. Past judgement. Racing Club UK says, which ex-Racing manager would you select to manage Newells? Koka or Saba? Also, which current Racing player do you think would make the best manager? Okay, we're going to take the second question first because I think it's Lissandra Lopez. He's he's going to be a manager one day. And he is currently, as I've said a couple of times in recent episodes, He's like a manager on the pitch when you see him as well. He's he's jeeing up his teammates constantly um, and so on. Uh, He also adds, we'll see if your answers correlate with ours on next week's Racing Club UK podcast. As Dan said last week, give that a listen if you're into racing. Um, The reason I'm not answering the Newell's one yet is that we have actually had another question about Newell's manager. So we'll sort of combine those two. If one of you can make it your job to remember that Racing Club UK asked this, Yes. Or sour. I um, then we will keep going asking other questions Simon Clark says how are I assume by you he means me and Andres planning to get to Doha
2: well I will uh, open a kickstarter or, or, a, or a, Patreon, <laughs> a Patreon page and see how it comes yeah well maybe
0: open up another tier on Patreon if you can um, donate $2000 a month uh, exactly. Then we will say your name in the stadium when we're at the...
2: And I won't. I won't be in hurry because to, to tomorrow the match, uh, or Conwell could say that the match will be played on Friday next, month, next week. That the match is called off. Yeah. So,
1: <laughs> I, just in reaction to that, uh, to kind of put that further, do you think that the reason why uh, Qatar is obviously being mentioned? is because, obviously, the World Cup is going there and they would like some positive press on their football side of things? Okay, there are
0: several reasons. That's a good question. Um, First of all, Quata Airways, obviously, Boca Juniors shirt sponsors. There is a little bit of... I'm not sure whether it's a conspiracy theory or whether it's just logical that says, if Boca win the Libertadores and go to the Club World Cup, which is in the United Arab Emirates, they will have to play in sponsor-free shirts because... Qatari companies aren't allowed to advertise inside the United Arab Emirates so there is an extent to which maybe Qatar are going for this in order to get the publicity of having their shirts visible at least for this one game which it has to be said after all this fuss probably more people are going to be paying attention to than to the actual Club World Cup Um, Qatar have also been invited as one of the two invited teams to next year's Copa America and are putting in a bunch of money into the Libertadores and Sudamericana for sponsorship rights via Quattro Airways from next I think it's starting next season it might be starting in 2020 as well Right. as a way of let's put this in inverted commas as a way of saying thank you for inviting us to the Copa America Mm -hmm. I think we all know what I'm getting out there but if lawyers are listening uh, I'm not suggesting that at all Um, so yeah basically that right Uh, Dara Hussey, I hope i pronounced your first name correctly, says if Boca end up getting awarded the Copa Libertadores, i.e. I I think what he's he's saying is if they they end up being given it without playing, will they really be able to celebrate winning it? It would be a bit strange to see them parading it around La Bombonera after not kicking a ball in the second leg. Um, The first thing is they might not actually be allowed to parade it around La Bombonera because after that big training session that they've packed far too many fans into that went viral on Twitter a week and a half ago, um, the stadium's been closed. So they, they went over capacity and the city of Buenos Aires has closed it down and they're not going to be allowed to celebrate it there. Or they wouldn't have been allowed to if they had won it on Saturday or Sunday, as they... Uh, well, uh, as should have happened if they'd been the better team on Saturday or Sunday if the game had gone ahead. Um, we will have to wait and see.
1: My point to that would be... Is there cause for celebration?
0: That's precisely it, where I was going next.
1: The yeah. the, the the whoever wins it, the, you know, it's it's kind of a little bit irrelevant now after everything that's happened. Boca in the start of the Libertadores were very poor. They managed to just obviously scrape out of the group. Oh, well, um, well, that doesn't really come into no. But no. what I was going to say that they they did improve uh, in the knockout round. You know, some of the performances in the quarterfinals and the semifinals were very very strong. Mm. Um, and against River, uh, River really did bring everything in the, very, in, the, in the only game that we have seen thus far. Um, and Boca still did manage to kind of hold their own in that. In terms of celebration, um, I, I can't call it, but I, I would say that it would probably be one of the least celebrated Copa Libertadores wins given what well. has happened.
0: I think because of the because of the identity of the opponents in the final, whoever wins it is going to be one of the most celebrated. And yet, it's also at this point now it it's just going to be it doesn't feel like either side should. Celebrate, whoever ends up winning it,
1: the amount of River um, and Boca fans that I have spoken to and have said this doesn't the the, yeah. reser- the game doesn't matter anymore. Yeah, precisely. It's yeah, I don't know. Um, that's that's how I could answer that essentially.
0: Wayward from Haywood says, Doha really discuss <laughs> we, we sort of already did a minute ago so we'll uh, yes. given that we're trying to get through these quickly apologies Wayward but, but the, we'll I think the,
2: the, the funny there is also fun fun stuff with the uh, well. uh is that could be either Doha with crowds from both teams or Asuncion in Paraguay with no crowds Yeah. that is something uh, I, I assume that it's Paraguay is close to Argentina and they don't want to be to have a lot of people like will happen here, yeah. uh, making this a disaster there, and to turn into the highest way more difficult. Uh, but Barabara have have money and will have tickets anyway.
1: You also have. To, add to the mix uh, Genoa and Sampdoria who, uh, it was Genoa I think who offered their stadium to host it uh, the city of Genoa the city
0: of Genova because we're talking in English um, have um, offered it but I'm not sure whether it's going to be at Genoa or at Sampdoria's ground actually I haven't paid attention to that bit
1: either way at least there would be in Paraguay or in Genoa uh, there would you could kind of create a story behind that yeah. in Qatar it's they're the sponsors of Boca shirt and they're in the obviously the Copa yeah. America this year um, there's not much of a story behind that I could kind of see it if, if, if it was in Geneva I could I, I'm not saying I could get behind it in the same way that I could on Saturday but I guess if, there, if there'd they, be a bit of a story there
0: if they take it out of South America I think it's the, the final nail in the coffin but Agreed. as Andres sort of yeah. hints I think this year's Libertadores essentially is already dead. And this feeds into the next question, which is from Nadji CFC, who says, don't you think it's fair to award the cup to Boca? Um, j- just lest this be interpreted as, as a sort of Bostela angle on it, I should point out his his Twitter at is Cabinadji99. So and this guy has tweeted us before. I've th- I always got the impression he's a River fan. Um, I apologise, Nadji, if you're just really crazy about Fernando Cabinadji, but also a Boca fan. Which would be a strange combination, but still. Um, anyway, don't you think it's fair to award the cup to Boca? If not, then what's the fair result to you, bearing in mind what happened in 2015? So, I've explained why from a legal point of view it's not the same as 2015. On Saturday afternoon, all the same, I was erring towards saying, let Bocker have the walkover. Um, now, having obviously read more about where the limit of Rivers... Um, responsibility ended and the fact that it happened just outside that and the fact that Comerball aren't going probably aren't going to award the cup to Boca honestly I think that the simplest thing is just to say you know what this has been such a monumental shit show from all angles that we're not going to award a winner this season they could do a final the, with Grêmio and thing, Barmeros the thing that <laughs> the thing that makes the most sense I think is is to it's not going to happen but the thing that would make the most sense is to not play the second leg and to say there is no winner of the Copa Libertadores this year. FIFA want a CONMEBOL representative for the Club World Cup. Okay, we'll send one of the losing semi-finalists, get them to make a playoff, or or I think play, play River and would
1: feel quite hard done by considering yeah. what happened in the second leg against River. So or, or play
0: them. let River and Boca play and have the winner go to the Club World Cup, but don't let and them actually even call themselves Libertadores champions. Yeah.
2: even being unfair, I will vote also for. Like happened, like you said in 1985, with all English clubs mm. not to be allowed to to, to play in in, in in continental competitions. Because I say this because some, a lot of times the buses aren't shown and they are also broken glasses yes. or smashed glasses. R-
0: R- in the semi-final last season, River came back from Lanús with, with glasses mm. smashed. There was lots of stones, as lots of people have made the point. On Twitter and it gets a little bit tiresome Because it's, it's sort of going Oh but you're just as bad um, But there were lots of stones thrown at Rivers bus to, uh, Ahead of the first leg as well And the main difference is that Rivers fans have, Or have slightly better aim But You know Clubs across South America have this problem Security forces across South America have this problem But Argentina is Undeniably the problem where uh, The country where the Barras Have the most influence and are the most poisonous Maybe it does make sense to say, "Guys, you're not allowed in the competition now until you sort this out." I know that's it's that not going to happen. I know it's that particularly not going to happen yes. because Argentine clubs are the strongest in the in the continent. But
2: I know that legalizing them, like legalizing cannabis, is not possible. Mm. But cutting their business is, I think, the only way because uh, directors are are like we say here are like like collaborate with them or the other way around. Barra's are, are like engaged with them. Yeah. That's why there is no uh, real. Uh, uh, they are not in jail and, and remain there. Uh, it's simple. Uh, if the barra talk uh, to the ju- to the law, to the justice, or, or there is a, a, a case and they are asked, they will they will say for sure that they have to do with the director, and that director will also have to respond.
0: Yeah. Um, there we go we are running way over so I'm going to try and whip through these there was a lot to speak. talk about to be fair though exactly yes Wayward from Award again says would the decision to award the cup to Bocca be easier if Benedetto had chipped in Carlitos' cross in the 90th minute of the first leg when uh, Franco Armani came up with that amazing save
1: I think we're getting too much into the kind of fine details if, yeah. if when, but
0: you know um, if, auntie, if River hadn't
1: even got to the final anyway because of what happened in their game against Gremio we probably wouldn't be talking about all of this or
2: oh, uh, the know. bar should have uh, been uh, called and, and awarded a penalty because of the Pinola tackle against Benitez uh, perhaps in they should have won that match so yes a lot of uh, things that could so, have happened Yeah, if
1: we're talking hypotheticals then uh, you know we could go down a very weird
0: tangent indeed we could uh, Tom Robinson says which players have been the biggest surprises so far this season to his, Johnny says "Exequiel Palacios could be one <laughs> oh, I'm not sure he's been that much of a surprise he's certainly been one of the revelations but um, we were expecting him to do well I think
2: surprises uh, I would say Robert Tone, the one who's scored mm-hmm. the other day yeah. for Vélez because he looked quite ordinary in most of his performances last season
0: Yes, but now. Because of his really so far, yes. yeah. I'm not so,
1: mu- uh, so sure on maybe this is a surprise, but uh, Armani in golf for River uh, in the last year um, has really taken it up a level. Uh, and ever since he's pretty much kind of become Argentina's number one, in mm-hmm. my opinion, um, I'm quite surprised at how well he's handled under the pressure of being Argentina's number one goalie. I, whether that's so much of a surprise to answer the question, I'm not sure, but um, that would be my answer to that question.
2: Pulido Rodríguez could be. Is, I, I oh, he's been doing it for ages. Yes, I, I associate, but this the, this this last season, uh, goals chipping the ball a lot of times, and mm. of course, it's not surprising in terms of the, his age, because we I associate surprise to the promises, or but uh, yes, it's and and the that's why I I say. I would like them to to fight for the title because they're consistent, like Wakan, for example. Um. Absolutely. Stephen
0: Hooley says the Club World Cup is a joke because it moves around to the highest bidder. If the second leg uh, Copa Libertadores game moves to Doha, then the Libertadores is worthless, in my view. A walkover is not a credible option. Should Commebol have to get this game on in South America, don't they? Yes.
1: Agreed Smile. So yeah. I don't think I It's a shame that. that it can't be here but yeah.
0: Killian McCabe says Will San Lorenzo vs Huracan be played this year Or has Lamens fixed it for six months time uh, After a little bit of An exchange with our Tamed San Lorenzo fan uh, Mariano It becomes apparent later on in this Twitter thread which I'm not going to read all of uh, That in fact as I said earlier it's going to be played In the new year in six months time might be looking A little bit too far ahead Um, But yeah, for for various reasons, that match is not going to take place in 2018. The Hoso Rocketeer says, How good a manager slash head coach is Eduardo Codet? Can he replicate his success with Rosario Central at Racing, promising start, trending upwards? And how likely is he to end up coaching in Europe? Do you like his tactical approach? Thanks, Mark. Um, The top of the league. To take these in order, I think he's clearly a very good coach. He definitely can replicate his success at Central with Racing. I think he could even do better because he could win a title, which he didn't quite manage to do at Central. Um, And, yeah, I like his tactical approach and and I think he's going to end up in Spain at some point. High-pressing style, at least by Argentine standards. Um, And it should translate fairly well to European football, I would think.
2: Well, he wasn't that successful for Rosario Central... But he got
0: them into two Copa, uh,
2: Copa Argentina finals. Oh, well, I mean, yes, he's the
0: most successful central manager in. Well, but decades. the
2: second is the first of the losers. Well, <laughs> no. no, but uh, I think he. The only thing he must uh, solve is that that he, they start very intense and then they like. Yeah, they, they tire a little yes. bit. Sure, the
0: conditioning isn't always the best. But, but, but yes, in I terms like of it. His, his tactical approach, I think my fans. Dave Mayer Jr. says I may have missed this or it may get covered but has an explanation of Bocca's unusual coach route been given? I kind of hinted at it earlier with the, the police, let's call it conspiracy theory that I mentioned um, I do think that had they gone the more usual route we may, di- we may be discussing the actual game I would agree with that. Isn't uh, it
1: sad though that like we're talking about a coach route rather than a yes. game?
0: <laughs> yes it is <laughs> Uh, there's then that little exchange between Mariano and Killian that I mentioned. Tony Gruden says best conspiracy theory about Bocca's bus attack, which could be true.
2: I'm going to go with the police one that I mentioned. The, the, yeah, the, the police collaborated with the barra's because you have to. First of all, you have to make the bus uh, turn where, in a, where, to the street, uh, uh, the wrong street, and then there has to be a barra uh, throwing the bottle or the object. Smash the, the glass so it, yeah. it looked like uh, something that was uh, scheduled or, or uh, like talked by from the barras to the police, but it's of course impossible, could be true, but impossible to demonstrate,
0: yeah. Uh, Newell's Old Boys English says could you briefly evaluate the candidates just to be clear this is not the official Newell's Old Boys English account this is the the unofficial one Um, could you briefly evaluate the candidates for our new manager for information it's looking like Eduardo Dominguez or Diego Coca others with long odds Sava Lavechan Gustavo Quinteros and the standard Roberto Cincini option that always comes up when we sack a manager so this obviously ties in with Racing Club UK's um, question about Coca or Sava earlier I think probably that the best the safest option is Diego Coca Dominguez did fairly well at, uh, at Colón but is a little bit more experienced yes and um, we're trying to get through these quick and he,
2: they, he was the champion of racing, yes. at, racing at 2014 was
0: right? yes that's right Yeah. Uh, Lee Bartlett says if River and Boca were forced to disband by the AFA and Cogmebol which clubs would their fans defect to obviously it would never happen but it's a terrific thought isn't it I, I, I think it is a terrific thought actually at this stage I'm really fed up with both of them and I say that as a river sympathizer um, they'd find people other local clubs I love that.
2: yeah that's what I, I do I, I like other clubs that have red in their t-shirts yeah. Argentina Juniors, Independiente but Yes, it's, very, it's crazy to, to maybe think. Maybe
1: given Argentina's Uña's current situation, maybe they won't get so many defectors.
0: Yes. But it's, it's, it's sort of difficult to, to say en masse, though, because so many people, and a, a whole load of them, particularly River and Boca fans from the interior, are probably already going to have a second club who they follow uh, more locally as well. Um, Timoteo Cobertizo says, Is there a good book or newspaper reporting in English or Spanish? about the history of the Barrabrabas. I would love to know more about how they came to occupy such a unique role in Argentine soccer and politics. Loads of stuff in Spanish, um, to which, without wanting to sound rude, all I will say is Google. Um, (laughs) Partly because we're trying to answer these questions um, quickly, but partly because there is so much. In English, very little.
1: I read a lot this week about them, besides obviously earlier in the podcast, forgetting their name, Um, uh, via Google so yeah. I would second Sam's advice there uh,
0: in Spanish Gustavo Gramia has written a book um, on Bocas Barra which I forgot the title of it's just down there on the bookshelf next to Andres but I won't ask him to look for it now um, and there's one on Rivers Barra as well which is called uh, Shono Soy Como Esos and it's by uh, the bloke who does Código de Barra so everybody bullies for being fat on Twitter whose name I also can't remember I forgot Look up either of those. Uh, <laughs> Gustavo Grabia's stuff, generally speaking, is, is, is fairly well-informed, though. Um, that's G-R-A-B-I-A is the last name, um, and it's in Spanish, just to be clear. Uh, Lee Bartlett says, how can this be right? Boca surely have the advantage of playing half a final at home, and River will have to play both legs away from home. How can that be right and proper? I would say that River, if anything, are probably getting off slightly lightly by being allowed to play the second leg, Agreed. potentially, even if it is on a technicality that it's going to have to be played because of bits of paper that were signed, they can probably count themselves slightly lucky. Belgrano English, oh no, he's replied to an, early, an earlier question. Um, as is Antonin Tocca there. Uh, and then we're scrolling up quite a bit because people are having conversations in our mentions. And then Liam Kelly, who's no relation to me, says, how much of a farce has this year's copper been? Bocker clutching at straws thinking they'll get a walkover. Such a shame the greatest match ever is ending like this. A fitting note on which to end the podcast, I think. Although it's not actually ending the podcast because we've got another question by email. Um, Don't worry, I haven't forgotten. Um, I'll just say, before you load that up,
1: um, you know, speaking as this is my first Copa Libertadores where I've watched a lot of games, um, hugely disappointing, just so disappointing. Uh, You know, you couldn't have asked for a... Better story to be the final, and especially after the first leg, despite it being postponed, how how much it built up for this game, and what are we left with? We're left with talking about everything other than the game of football itself. So, um, just from my perspective, totally, totally disappointed.
0: Indeed. Yes. and we've had one question uh, by email from Ese Todoroki, who says, "How do you rate Sebastián Becasese as manager this season?" And I'd just like to share with you the um, Google autocomplete email replies that Google is giving me the options of on Gmail, um, which are, I don't know. (laughs) I don't, sorry. And the other one is just the word in. So Gmail's automatic reply email still has a little bit, you know, it's some way to go before we've got robots writing our emails for us. (laughs) Um, How do we rate Sebastian Beccasese as manager this season? I think the same as we did uh, when he was at Defensa Justicia before Jorge Sampaoli took charge of Argentina. He's clearly very talented, Uh, he's a relatively young manager. His team, because Defensa Justicia are the only team that that we've seen him as the full manager of, um, play some good positive football and punch well above their weight and and do well. Better than Sampaoli. Well, at this stage in his career, I would certainly give him more of a chance of, of one day cracking the uh, European market, let's say, um, given that Paulo knew that he was taking a big gamble on taking the Argentina job and that if it went tits up, he might not have another shot at Europe and that's what it looks like being the case. Uh, that's
1: definitely how it's transpired.
0: On that note, we will go away and when we come back after this music, we will have some mystical predictions for the coming weekend's action. Liam is taking me on, so don't go anywhere. Before beginning these predictions, um, I will just mention that we're 13 minutes or 12 minutes and 50 seconds into River against Team in the Copa Alpentino semi-final. Keep listening after the, main, after, after the theme music at the end of this and I'll give you the full-time result of that. And now, Mystic Sam is back. I refused to do any predictions last week, but I'm doing some this week and I think we have a full round of fixtures ahead, don't we? For the first time in what feels like years... Um, there are going to be a a full complement of fixtures. So here we go. Colón against Belgrano. Liam is going for a home win. I'm gonna go for a draw in that. Newell's Old Boys versus Patronato. Liam is going for a home win and I agree with him. Estudiantes against Lanús. Liam thinks it's going to be a draw. I'm gonna go for a Lanús win. Banfield versus Argentinos. Liam's going for home victory for Banfield. I...
1: Hmm. I I would say draw. Yeah,
0: I'm I'm erring towards a draw as well. I'm gonna go for a draw. Um, Atletico Tucumán against San Martín de Tucumán. Ooh, the big Clásico. We're both going for home victories in that one, Atletico to win. Aldo Civi versus San Lorenzo de Almagro. Ooh, Liam's going for an Aldo Civi win. I'm gonna go for a draw there. Uh, Independiente versus Boca. Liam's going for an Independiente win. I do, I'm not sure. After Independiente's performance last night, I'm gonna go for Boca to win that one. River versus Gimnasia. Oh, a replay of the Copa Argentina semi-final that we're getting right now. Yes. Um, in the Monumental, we're both going for River Plate to win. Tigre versus Godoy Cruz. Liam says it's gonna be a Tigre victory. I'm gonna go for a draw. Venez Sarsfield vs. Rosario Central. Liam says draw. I say Beles to win. I said that a bit too quickly. I so Central have won the last two, I think. It's out my mouth now, so I'm going to leave it there. Um, I'm regretting it already. San Martin de San Juan versus Union. Liam reckons Union will win. I agree with him. Huracan versus Defensive Justicia. Liam says draw. I'm going to go for a Defensive Justicia victory. And Tasheres versus Racing Club, the league leaders... Or well, actually, they wouldn't be the league leaders by the time it gets played if Liam's prediction and my prediction of Atletico Tucuman to win goes correctly. Liam says a draw. I'm going to go for a Racing win. There are some interesting looking ones there. Tacheres Racing should be interesting, independent Boca. After the week that Boca have had, uh, is is going to be interesting. Whatever happens, Venice against Central. Another. I think that's a potential match of the weekend. You know, mm-hmm. that, that that could the way that both clubs are playing. And the style that they both operate in, it should complement each other quite nicely because Eduardo Bausa obviously has tightened Central up in typical fashion since taking charge, um, and Belis's kids could uh, could be fun to watch.
1: Uruguandamente Usticia could mm. be uh, could also, be yeah. in contention for you know match of the weekend given how high both of those two teams are up in the league.
0: Yes, absolutely. Um, We'll find out what happened and we'll talk about it next week. And by the way, I haven't forgotten that last week we said we were going to talk about Argentina's uh, internationals while I was away. But um, what can I say? Events overtook us and we ended up with some other stuff to talk about. I'm sure that you will understand. I hope that you all also understand why we've been going on for such a long time. We're going away now and in a couple of seconds time we'll start recording Hand of Pod Extra for a few minutes if we can think of anything else to talk about. Maybe we um, can talk
1: about the Argentina games in that one. Oh we
0: could do couldn't we yeah, for our Patreon supporters so they can get a sneak preview of next week's episode. Um, but for now thank you very much indeed for listening to Hand of Pod for another week. We'll see you again next weekend, next why do I keep saying weekend, next midweek um, for Hand of Pod episode 317 and for now it's thanks and goodbye from Chris
1: Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having
0: me. And it's been great on your debut. Thank your you from the youngster. Uh, thanks and goodbye from Andres. Thank you. Goodbye. And thanks and goodbye from me. Thank you and goodbye. The Copa Argentina semi-final is over, uh, and in it, Gimnasia. Prevailed on penalties after a dramatic shootout 5-4 after a 2-2 draw in Mar Plata, so the Copa Argentina um, the Copa Argentina final will be played as scheduled on the 6th of December, and it will be between Rosario Central and Gimnasia y Estrima La Plata.